I love to focus on the inner work in my business mentorship and in myself as a leader and a founder. And some of the most powerful things that have really supported me are breath work and journaling and being open and then reading, you know, different books on personal development. I think entrepreneurship and growing a career if you want to feel really good while doing it, yet slightly uncomfortable because you're actually <laughs> aware of your limitations or limiting beliefs, is doing a lot of this inner work and a lot of the personal development. Welcome to the Managing Made Simple podcast, where I bring a decade of experience working in some of the most influential companies in tech to help you navigate the ins and outs of being a people manager. From conflicts to feedback to delegating and more, we will leave no stone unturned when it comes to what makes us love managing, kind of hate it, and everything in between. Doesn't matter if you're a new manager looking for some tips or a seasoned manager looking to up their game, everyone is welcome to hang out with Managing Made Simple. Let's go. I know you're here because you want to be a better manager, but I also know it's often easier said than done. That's why I put together a scorecard of 20 things that you can do this month and every month to show up better for your team as a manager. From positive feedback to recognition to honoring those working norms that we know we gotta do but sometimes forget, this scorecard serves as a checklist and accountability buddy to remind you of all those things you gotta do to be a great manager. Download your copy today at leahgarvin.com scorecard. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited today to have Bridget Mallinson with me. Bridget is the founder and CEO of Gut Personal. She is a functional medicine dietitian, business mentor, and the founder and CEO of Gut Personal, a supplement company that empowers everyone to eliminate gut issues for good through a personalized approach. A little bit more about Bridget. After healing a lifelong struggle with her gut, Bridget has spent a decade studying functional medicine and nutrition as a registered functional dietitian. She became wildly interested in building and scaling her business in the pandemic and succeeded in building not one, but two seven plus figure companies in under three years. In business mentorship, Bridget supports high achieving women who want it all, an ultra successful business to feel amazing and to absolutely love their life. And that is how Bridget and I got in touch so I reached out to Bridget after I met her at an event and was like, oh my God, I need all of this, all that you bring to my life. And she has supported me as my business scaling coach for the last six months, really developing both the belief in myself and potential and the tactical strategy to know how to grow and scale my business. So thank you so much, Bridget, for being here. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. You and I get to have incredibly cool conversations all the time. And now the fact that it's going to be recorded and hopefully support a lot of other people is wildly exciting. Ugh, I couldn't agree more. And for folks listening, you know, one of the reasons that I was so excited to bring Bridget on the show is, you know, she went from being a solopreneur to running a product-based business, product and service-based, and in that built up a team. And there was a lot of learning lessons that we've talked about in our coaching that were just so many gems to bring to this audience. And so let's start with that. I mean, what's something you've learned now a few years into running a business with a team that maybe you wish you knew a little bit earlier? Honestly, the biggest with hiring and scaling a team is listening to my gut intuition. So I've always had support with growing the team from a recruiter. One of our investors is our lead recruiter for our company, and she's always supported us with bringing in really great talent and been very successful. But there were some things with early hires that I felt a little off by. Like my gut intuition was kind of like, 
eh, they they look sparkly. They have all the accolades. They have the skill set and the experience, but like our core values don't seem aligned Mm. or something just didn't feel right. And I honestly wish with whether it was a full-time team member or a contractor that I would have listened to my gut more when I was scaling my team because Mm. I've had to fire in, you know, less than two years time, quite a few people. And I really believe that I had gut intuition of that they weren't right to start with. Yeah. And so I'm curious because, you know, and, and, you know, I have talked about this a lot is a lot of times, and especially for women, we are trained against trusting our gut. It's like, use your head, get all the research, the facts, you know, you have this great recruiter, I should be trusting that. And so what are some of the ways you help folks tune back into their gut when they're not used to trusting it? Yeah, I think it's more, it's learning about how you, as a person, make decisions. So I use a lot of human design in my business mentorship. You know, something that we've worked on with you a lot is trusting your gut. For an example, you are a sacral manifesting generator. So what the sacral part means is your gut knows in the moment the right or wrong answer. Mm. And so actually, like I've had you, and this is something that people can use at home, like actually shut your eyes Like shift your focus to your gut instead of like we make so many decisions from like looking up and thinking about what is logically in our headspace, right? So like actually like shutting your eyes, tuning in. And I think in a business that's moving and growing so quickly, it's hard for us to tune in. It's hard for us to even pause for five seconds to listen to our gut intuition. So one thing that I do recommend is tuning into how you work better. I use human design a lot, whether it's human design or Enneagram. And then actually like pausing, pausing with big decisions, not needing to always have the right answer in the moment, you know, taking time for yourself to listen to what your intuition is. I think that's like sounds so simple, but so wildly important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, one of the areas that I focus on with business owners and entrepreneurs with my ops playbook is understanding your decision making process. Just as Mm -hmm. you're saying, I mean, if you're feeling like I'm I'm always a bottleneck or I'm never, you know, I, I feel like I can't trust myself or, you know, people are coming to me all the time and I could be delegating more. I think that symptom, which you're talking about, is that we actually haven't thought about what is our process for making decisions. Mm-hmm. We haven't thought about how to think about it more confidently. And so it feels like every time is like a new <laughs> random process or like, okay, this time I trust my gut, next time I overthink it, this time whatever. And if we take a step back and say, okay, how do I want to approach decisions? Mm-hmm. Which ones do I want to make? What do I wish that a team member could make for me? Because that can also point to where there's a gap on your team. Like if if you don't have anybody that you can delegate decisions to for any parts of your business, that's a little bit less about you and more about the gaps in your team. Mm-hmm. And you can say, hey, I need a right-hand person or you know, I need an ops person or I need a, you know, whatever it looks like. But I love that point because it's it's bringing that thoughtfulness into how we want to approach pretty, you know, both strategic and tactical things. And if we can't trust ourselves to make decisions, like we're going to have a lot of, <laughs> we're going to be slowing things down quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, something that I like to do as an entrepreneur is I like to move fast. A lot of us yeah. entrepreneurs do. And even if you're not an entrepreneur listening to this, my guess is that you're someone who wants more. 
you want more success out of your team. So you don't have to be an entrepreneur to connect with this conversation. We move so quickly as women who want more. And so it's pausing and listening to that that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about trusting your gut and really understanding, you know, the human design or the Enneagram, which a lot of times is about the motivations, the fears, really tuning into yourself. And I'm curious, you know, as really the mind behind the business, you you created this really successful coaching business. Now you have this product-based business. You know, how do you balance directing versus empowering, like these different hats that you have to wear as a leader on your team? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. I mean, to be honest, I think I have a lot of natural leadership ability and I'm tuning into what that looks like. And, you know, as I grow a team, it's it's not just like the coaching aspect of me, like kind of coaching my team into empowerment or them being self-led because I can't make every decision, right? Yeah. So it's something that I'm working on, but also think I have a strong natural ability in that I also believe in. I think if I didn't believe in myself as a leader, I would be a much worse leader. You know what I mean? If I didn't believe that I had the skills to do what I'm doing to scale these businesses, then I wouldn't be as successful in doing it, if that makes sense. So like yeah. my belief in self plays a big role in my success as a leader and my confidence. You know what I mean? And, and also being able to confidently say, I, I don't have the right answer. I actually think you should make this marketing decision because that's your skill set. You know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. being discerning where my zone of genius is and it's really yeah. important. Absolutely. And I love that example for folks, whether you're in the corporate world managing, you know, a, a team managing managers or as a small business owner is we want to be hiring people that could do that specific job better than we could do it because yes. that's how we scale and grow. And when you go to a team member and say, hey, you know, this is your area. Can you make the call here? Not only does that demonstrate we trust them and, you know, we allow them to solve it differently and better than we would have solved it. And yeah. that's like the best possible outcome. And so when we are holding on to every decision, every task, feeling like only we can do it, that's going to put a box around the size that we can grow as a business. It's going to put a box around the growth of our team, you know, in whatever sort of company that we're in. It's going to start to have people looking for other jobs because let's be honest, there's a certain point, I think, when anybody reaches a point where they want more, they mm -hmm. want to be more of a leader, they want to be able to share their ideas even if you know they appreciate having a lot of guidance and all the structure people want to be trusted like that's sort of like yeah. the maslow's hierarchy needs this act self-actualization and so i love that point is you know the more you demonstrate trust the more it actually fuels confidence in you as a leader yeah. And I think for folks that are maybe struggling with this, they feel like, well, I don't have that confidence or, you know, I don't know if I believe in myself. It's to, you know, get support, listen to this show, you know, get get support on yeah. how to, either it's mentoring or coaching or training to, to build up some of these concrete skills. And then I would say back to the first answer, start trusting your gut and tuning into that intuition about how would you want to be led? You know, what would you want to, what's the ideal way that you show up for your team? And bring that intention. Because I think if you're focusing on, if you care, that's actually better than 80% of managers out there that are like, oh, I haven't even stopped to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I'm thinking about this too, it is like investing in the right support when you need it. So like, yeah. for example, you know, your ops playbook that is so brilliant. It's like knowing as a leader when you need that outside support. 
Is it mm. now? Is it six months from now? Did you need it six months ago? Okay, you better freaking invest now. It's like having yeah. that intuition too and the awareness to know, okay, I can't, even though maybe I'm a really great natural born leader, I can't get to this next level. For us, I don't believe that we can get to the eight-figure level without support, more support for my team and and more development of my leadership skills and their leadership skills as we grow an operations team, a marketing team, you know, everything like that. They need to be great leaders too. And I think the awareness piece is somewhat of what the Ops Playbook brings, right? It's like... It's showing you gaps. It's showing where you need to focus. And sometimes when we're so in it as founders or managers that it's like it's really hard to see what the problems are to focus on or, you know what I mean, what to focus on in general. Exactly. And then it can start to feel too big, too vast. And that's something that the Ops Playbook is about is really honing in on really specific, simple shifts and optimizations you can make on your team. You know, for example, having, if you bring your team together once a week to to connect about, you know, whatever's top of mind, talk about wins, having a clear agenda, having like, hey, we start, we start on time, we end on time, we meet for 30 minutes or an hour and knowing exactly what you're going to talk about. Think about how much time that saves. Like if you have a five person team and you're going over that meeting 15 minutes every, every week because you just kind of didn't have that clarity for your personal hourly rate and that of your team, it's like thousands of dollars a month that you could be optimizing somewhere else. And so I think, you know, the more we are figuring out what are the little things that are getting in the way, something I talk about a lot, and I I know you focus on in your business is really with your team is, you know, connecting the priorities to the expectations and then how are people rewarded and compensated? Yeah. Like you're not going to have a team member focus on, you know, growing the business if they're actually just rewarded for something else, right? If you want someone to be focused on marketing or growth and have this shared sense of ownership, then it has to be delineated. Like that's their job responsibilities. And then it has to be delineated. And well, that's how you get a raise or a bonus Mm -hmm. or promoted. And this like connecting the dots across the board. I mean, this is something that I wish so much was more the case in the corporate world. I think a lot of times what we're asked to do, especially with collaborating, you know, it's not, it doesn't show up on the, on the performance review. So for smaller businesses, we actually have full control over making it really clear. Like here's our goals, here's your expectations, and you will be rewarded for that. And that small shift can optimize your business so much. Yeah. I love that too. And then you're also, when you're going through the hiring process, you are hiring team members who like believe in the vision, believe in their work so much more. And it's like this more sense of ownership that I, you know, was just on another podcast saying, I'm creating the company that I wish I worked for. And I think that's such an opportunity for us as founders is that we can create truly anything that we desire. And then what you're talking about is kind of bringing these two together, is building this business that we really want and crave and wish was there when we were in corporate or as a job opportunity, and then also creating some structure around it. Yeah, You know, what does that actually look like? Not just willy-nilly throwing a company together, because my first business was willy-nilly throw a company (laughs) together. Oh, wow, we made seven figures in revenue. That was fun. But it was based in a lot of purpose and passion, which is so important when you're scaling your company. You know, we've scaled 
two companies to seven figures in 16 months. Same time frame, both companies, which is just a hoot to me. But there was in that beginning stage, there was so much purpose and passion that that was easy, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, you have to think about your next level. If I did the same things from zero to seven figures that I'm going to do seven figures to eight, it will not work. I will feel like I am trying to push a boulder up a hill. Whereas, you know, now what's important when you're a leader, like we're talking about, is, is being aware of where the blocks are, being aware of where you need support and listening to your gut in that. Who's the right person to support you? If you keep listening to this podcast week after week and you're like, oh my God, I really should invest in that ops playbook, but you're not doing it. That's also not being a good leader. That's not giving your team the right support that they need or giving yourself the right support that you need to grow. So it's being aware and then also taking the action. Yeah. I love that point because, you know, I've heard mindset is is not just thoughts, it's also action. And that's Mm -hmm. what you're speaking to is we can believe, you know, we can think about things all we want, but if we don't take action, that's where we get stuck. And and you're so right. Like the, the way that we get different results is by doing something differently and making a shift and and having that humility. I mean, I think a lot of times when a business owner comes to me, they say, oh, is it, is it too late? Should I have done this earlier? And I say to them, it doesn't matter. We're here right now. <laughs> like yeah. you have made the decision to figure stuff out in your company, in your team today. Let's, let's move forward. And we're going to figure yeah. out, you know, so that, you know, maybe next time, like you sort of recognize signs earlier, but it's not really about going backwards and beating ourselves up and saying, ah, what, you know, because today is the first day, like that's when I think we can make the most impact. And by telling your team members, Hey, I recognize things could have been a little bit more clear. I recognize Mm -hmm. that in order to grow, you know, we're going to need a little bit more, you know, specifics around this, or I really want to make sure everyone knows what success looks like. You can literally have that conversation anytime. You don't have to wait for some big change or some bad thing to happen or some shift. Like you can, everyone on this listeners can say to their team member today, like, how can I better support you? You know, Mm -hmm. what would it look like to, you know, feel more clear about, you know, what success looks like? Do you have any feedback for me? These kinds of things we can do anytime. Mm -hmm. And the more we do them, the more it creates safety for our team members to be coming forward and sharing ideas and the easier this whole thing gets. Yeah. One thing too, on that note that I've learned from you is to have those hard conversations more often. And I think that's something that I've had to work on and grow as a leader because I want, you know, as an Enneagram 7, I want everything to be happy-go-lucky and fun all the time. But when a team member is not performing or when I feel that there's something off in the team, it's having those harder conversations more often, you know, addressing things when they need to be addressed versus like letting them go two to three months down the line and create more havoc. So I think that's so important too, is being able to have those hard conversations and giving feedback to your team members that doesn't feel always 100% positive. Yeah, it's so true because avoiding it makes it worse and it makes it scarier. It puts more pressure Mm -hmm. on everything. And, you know, being once you build a relationship with your team members saying, hey, I know how passionate you are about growing in this area. I know how important this thing is to you. Here's something that could have gone a little bit better. Here's why. And let's do this next time. Like that's not a scary conversation if you're having that regularly. 
But if you never give feedback, if you avoid it and you blow up or something because you've been holding all this in or you get really frustrated because you're always kind of picking up the slack as the as the business owner, if no one feels like an owner, like we've already talked about, if, if you feel like you're the only one that really cares about this is growing this, that's going to build resentment, which will often come up in different ways. So yeah. by having those hard conversations more often, demystifying them, that makes it a lot easier and a lot smoother. And as you called out, it doesn't mean every conversation has to be positive. You can have hard conversations when you've done that legwork. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I know we've talked a lot about in our coaching and you touched on a little bit is this focus on inner work, right? Along with having this plan to scale, along with having the vision really mapped out, like share more about how you started to focus on this for yourself as a business owner and some of the tools that you find, we talked about trusting your gut, but some of the other tools that you find find so valuable for leaders to, to be tuning into on this inner side. Yeah. I honestly think, you know, I say like business growth is like 50% strategy and 50% inner work and growth and things like that. I think that's true to a point, but I also believe if you are doing no inner work or like that can almost be more important than strategy because if you have this belief in yourself and or let's let's say the opposite if you have tons of limiting beliefs about yourself and your abilities it's going to feel really hard to implement any strategy so i love to focus on the inner work in my business mentorship and in myself as a leader and a founder. And some of the most powerful things that have really supported me are breath work and journaling and being open and then reading, you know, different books on personal development. I think entrepreneurship and growing a career, if you want to feel really good while doing it, yet slightly uncomfortable because you're actually (laughs) aware of your limitations or limiting beliefs is doing a lot of this inner work and a lot of the personal development. So I love breath work. I know you love breath work too. It can be so powerful because what's running the show are our subconscious beliefs. And our subconscious was really formed when we were children. And sometimes that's really a hard connection. I think sometimes for more of my like logic-based entrepreneurs, right? They're like, no way that like, my beliefs that I formed during childhood are having any effect on me scaling my seven-figure business now. Like, how does that make sense? But it's, you know, basic science that we have this subconscious that runs the show, that tells us what we can and can't do, that tells us our beliefs about money or success or what that should look like or what it could look like for us based on typically what our family believed yeah. and our parents and, you know, our environment. I come from in the Midwest. And so I always believed that coming from the Midwest, I'd never be someone who makes money. And I didn't realize how ingrained in me that was until I started doing the inner work. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Consciously, that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, Consciously, yeah. just because I'm from Ohio, Of course I could make money, but no, I had this deep rooted belief. And I even remember my dad saying growing up like, oh, we're not those type of people. We're from the Midwest. You know what I mean? And so acknowledging and being aware of some of these things and then actually having a modality that will shift us into belief that will allow us to rewire what our subconscious believes. You have to go deep. You can't just 
Journaling will not do that simply. That's why I love breath work, specifically hypno breath work or theta breath work, something that really you're able to shift your brain. Love that. It's wild. It is. And, and for folks listening, I mean, I think the first thing I hear, I know you hear is, I would do that, but I don't have time. Or, you know, when am I going to have... And it's like, what it takes more time than having to redo and redo and redo or get it wrong or whatever it is, things because you didn't fully have the belief. And so you undercharge or you, you know, didn't invest in something or you weren't clear with if you're, you know, if you're manager in the corporate world, you weren't clear on priorities or you didn't give that feedback because you don't have that confidence, that belief. And... Mm -hmm. This is all time optimization. I mean, I think yeah. the power of inner work is that it truly is about collapsing time. And you've proven that by building two seven-figure businesses each in 16 months. So this is, that I'm guessing had a big part in that, like is Huge. having these tools that you weren't waiting and going, I hope I start believing myself later <laughs> once I've seen it to believe it. Oh yeah. And I, you know, there's so many other things too that I do in my daily life that I think are really supportive. I surround myself with people who think really big, who, mm -hmm. you know, have done really big things. I call them expanders. They expand what you believe is possible about yourself. And so if you see someone, maybe you're listening to this and you are an entrepreneur working to scale your business, you can look at my journey and say, because she did that, I can do it too. But what most of us, especially as women say, is she did that, she's different than I am. And mm. that is very disempowering. So I want you to make that shift, right? If you're listening to this, if someone else is doing something you want to do, let her be that picture that you can do it as well, that belief in yourself as well. And then so having expanders around and making sure you're filling your cup with these positive examples of things that people are doing, I think it is really important. And then I forgot the other thing. So <laughs> we'll stick with expanders. Find those yeah. expanders. Absolutely. Well, I'll add, you know, and catching those negative and limiting beliefs, you know, and yeah. sort of not letting them be a snowball rabbit hole into like doomsday. And yes. I think, you know, one thing that I talk a lot with folks I work with is, you know, catching that and reframing it. It's not about look on the bright side. It's saying, okay, like what other evidence do I have? Mm -hmm. And I know this is something we've talked about. I think both of us talk about it with, with the folks that we mentor and coach is, you know, when a lot of times when we're feeling stuck, it's because we form this conclusion based on limiting beliefs, not on facts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we say things like, let's say you're a business owner or manager and you say like, my team's never listening to me. No one's ever doing anything right. It's like, well, you know, what else is here? What might be going on? And mm -hmm. likely it's that you haven't been clear on expectations or priorities changed and things were confusing or everything's a fire drill. So people are working on a fire drill, but it's just not the same one as that you thought the fire, biggest fire was. Mm -hmm. And so when we stop and say, okay, what are really the facts? What else do I know? What's here? What might be going on with the team? What, where could I have done something differently? And we start to use these open-ended questions. We get out of this absolute thinking where the limiting beliefs have decided the, the reality and what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And then we can move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's th that awareness of where you're getting stuck is so important, whether it's beliefs, whether it's strategy, whether it's team. Again, that's like, your discernment as a leader is like, can you figure that out? So I think that is so powerful. So before we wrap, I would love for you to talk a little bit about gut personal, you know, what it yeah. is, how folks can you know, learn about it or how it might help them. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell a quick story of yeah. how I even got into entrepreneurship and how yes. 
I, you know, I'm a functional medicine dietitian by trade. So I'm not, I did not go to business school. I was in college becoming a registered dietitian when my health was at its worst. And I really was frustrated because I was the healthiest eater, yet I was on five different medications for thyroid issues and migraines, ADHD. I couldn't go to the bathroom every day. And so I was on medications for that hormone imbalance. You name it, I was getting prescribed a different medication. And that didn't make sense to me. And this is something that we always question as, you know, high-powered, high-functioning women is like, if there's something that doesn't make sense to us, we go find the solution, right? Like, I didn't take like all of these medications, meaning that something was wrong with my body. I was like, this doesn't make sense. How is there so much wrong with my body, yet I'm like, the healthiest eater and I'm doing everything I'm learning in college. And so I went on to grad school and I found functional medicine. And what functional medicine aims to do is get at the root cause of a dysfunction, is to say, okay, yes, you have all of these symptoms, but why? And again, there's so many parallels of functional medicine and business. You know, if there's something wrong in business, what's the root cause, not just what's the symptom. The same thing about our health, right, is getting a little bit more inquisitive. And so I found functional medicine. I did a poop test, which told me that my gut was a mess and it was the root cause of all of my issues. And so I healed it. And in six months time, I was off all medication and it was incredible. For the first five years of my career, I was always building my career within other companies and was a manager. And while I loved that, there was something within me that was like, you need to do something bigger on a bigger scale here. And for me, that meant going on my own because I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't have the guts to do it until the pandemic hit. And so when the pandemic hit, like I said, I launched my business. It was called Well by Bridget. And that, you know, scaled. It grew really quickly. And the reason it scaled so quickly was not because I had any sort of team figured out. It was because I was just so focused on my purpose and passion of helping other women that were like me, that couldn't figure out all of their health issues, that were going to the doctor and their labs were normal. And Another big question I asked myself as I grew that company is how do I help more women? How do I not help hundreds, but how do I help millions? And I think that's also a key to success when you're scaling your business is asking yourself bigger questions or just kind of a key to success in life. If you really are someone who wants a big, abundant life is asking yourself more big, abundant questions. And so I asked myself, how could I help a million women instead of a couple hundred? And that's when I pivoted into having a physical product company of scaling a supplement company. And so we're really based in personalization. That was, you know, as an entrepreneur, what you really have to do is see like, how are you doing things differently? differently. You know, what's your differentiating factor? And I knew mine. I was like, well, these supplement companies are doing it all wrong, (laughs) you know? And they're also, they're not personalizing supplements to someone's root cause. They're just band-aiding symptoms. They're acting like conventional medicine, but in a more natural way. And I was like, that doesn't work for the long term. That doesn't help women feel confident and amazing in their bodies. 
And so I wanted to bring this personalized approach. And then I also wanted to grow a company in a different way in terms of marketing. You know, the biggest way we've grown our company is through affiliate marketing. And it's based in connection. And similarly to having a service-based company, it's really focused on having a great know, like, and trust factor. And so that's how, you know, my health journey really plays a role in what I'm doing now. It's all I'm doing now. You know, yes, I'm a business owner, but my purpose with that is to serve the woman that I needed. I needed this company. I needed Gut Personal 10 years ago. I sometimes need this company today as I'm, <laughs> you know, as health changes and everything like that. Like we all need this person and deserve to feel our best. And how we feel our best is this personalized approach. I love that so much. And where can folks find more about Gut Personal? Gutpersonal.com. The biggest and free way to start working with us is to take our quiz, which I'll make sure you have the link for the show notes. And you can use code Leah at checkout. So we made that code just for your listeners. And you guys like take action on your health. If there is one foundation that everyone needs, whether you're an entrepreneur or a manager, you need great health to crush it. So you can go to gutpersonal.com or on Instagram. We share a lot of good stuff there, gut.personal. And then if anyone wants to connect with me directly, I'm Bridget Malley on Instagram. And I there you'll find just golden retrievers, business inspiration, and behind the scenes of what growing a company looks like. Awesome. Thank you so much. And as everyone probably recommends it, the Miracle Worker is, truly is the Miracle Worker. I mean, this is your best-selling product, right? The magnesium oh, yeah. supplement. And like, you got to try that one, everyone. I mean, and now it's available on Amazon, right? Yes. <laughs> so that's yep. another. But I would say to get it directly from the source because then you can take the quiz. But awesome, awesome products, like literally transformational, making you feel better, sleep better. Yep. Like magnesium really supports, you know, going to bed with less stress, less thoughts in your mind. Yes. So this is one that's... It's just transformational. So it really is so good. And it's so funny. I always envisioned that my company would have magnesium as the best seller because it really is a miracle worker. That's why I named it that. Like it is so shifting. And so if there's one supplement every single person needs to be on, it's magnesium for sure. Awesome. Well, anything you want to leave our listeners with before we wrap? Gosh. Take action where you need to take action, whether it's your health, whether it's investing in the ops playbook, whatever it is for you intuitively, that thing that you're not taking action on, take the action. Well, thank you so much. I will make sure to include everything you talked about in the show notes and definitely check out Bridget and Gut Personal. Thank you. Thanks. That's all I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Managing Made Simple podcast, where my goal is to demystify the job of people management so that together we can make the workplace somewhere everyone can thrive. I always love to hear from you, so please reach out at leahgarvin.com or message me on LinkedIn. See you next time.